Health Awareness Week and a focus on one of the rising stars of Welsh Rugby in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Former Wales under 20 second row Jack Price, who's on loan from the Scarlets to Nottingham in the English Championship as the next stage of his development. But we'll start with Mental Health Awareness Week. We always hear a lot about rugby clubs being at the heart of their communities and also the mental health benefits of rugby as a team sport with a special bond. All true, of course, but at Welshpool in Mid Wales they've taken it a stage further with partnerships with local mental health facility Pont Haveron and also Children's First. To explain more, WIU Rugby Coordinator and Welsh Pool Chair David Roberts talking to Liz Jones. In the process of putting one of our committee members through uh, mental health first aid training, when we're allowed to open the clubhouse again, she is going to open the clubhouse one or just be at the clubhouse one evening a week in a very casual manner. So if people felt they needed to drop in and have a chat with someone and have a coffee, then at that time the club will be open. She calls Donna Lewis. She'll be driving this project more so than me. And so it's a bit of a wraparound of some workshops, uh, the walking rugby aspect, the kind of drop in um, and just providing ways that we can support our members and link in with professional services to offer the support that we can't. We can lend an ear, but we can't go beyond that. But linking in with a professional services allows us to really help people. Can you also give a bit more detail around the walking rugby as well? Mental health aside, one of our biggest parts of the club that we wanted to grow this coming year was our engagement in the community and engage with people outside of the traditional rugby. So again, we have a couple of initiatives for that. We are walking rugby will be one in partnership with Pont Haveron. And again, hopefully allowing past members that may feel that they playing days are behind them like me to get involved again and stay involved in the club, to still have an opportunity for some sort of activity, to open it up as a physical and social support to anyone in the community. So they won't need it to have played rugby before. That's absolutely not necessary. And then another initiative we're going to do to reach out to the communities, the youth centre in Welshpool closed down. So alongside a charity that we've partnered with called Children's First, we're going to be opening the club up once a week to be a kind of youth drop-in centre not in the conventional kind of activities way because we haven't really got the facility for that but there's somewhere there for people to meet to talk to have a drink coffee tea whatever that looks like and just meet with other young people with our donna who's going to lead that and gwen evans from children's first yeah just open a safe space for people really because that doesn't really exist in the town at the moment it's your club members that are going to run all these things in conjunction with pond tavern and the other charities Obviously, that's key, isn't it, to have those volunteers that can run the walking rugby, run, like have someone available for the youth club, etc. Yeah, like we're really fortunate. We've got a great and forward thinking committee. So rugby is still really important to us. It's the most important thing we do there. But they are very open to how we engage and support the wider community. Donna is fantastic and she's been a breath of fresh air. She actually came to us as a treasurer, but through speaking with her, she got a lot of other interests apart from counting the money that we do or don't have. She's gone on a ILM level three in volunteer management. She's currently doing the mental health first aid course, but she's got a real passion for helping people and is just a genuinely caring person. And uh, so we're really fortunate through having those conversations with her to understand that actually she's not there just to, to be our treasurer. 
she wants to have a different impact as well. So absolutely lucky. And I think key to it all is also the partnerships. We've, in our history, we've probably always worked in isolation and we've done things. And I think the important thing when we want to engage with particularly young people and people with any sort of health concerns is that it becomes a sustainable project. And if it's led by a passionate volunteer, that's not necessarily sustainable. So it's really important to us to bring in partners to make sure that that kind of service is sustainable for those people, but also to ensure that it's got professional services wrapped around it because we're not the experts in mental health. What we can do is help bridge the gap between professional provision and people that don't know anything about it. When she comes in for the drop-in, if people want to come to talk and the youth club, is she going to be supported by charities there at the club or will she just refer them? For the drop-in, our first thought really is that it's just going to be open. So it's just a a friendly person in the club that's there. If anyone wants to talk, we're aware that we're not professionally trained to deal with mental health concerns. If that conversation with her then leads to her being able to refer people to professional services and that makes a difference to someone's life, then that's kind of the aim we're after. The youth drop-in centre is a bit different. That is going to be run by Donna and Gwen, who is of the charity. And what we'll aim to do there is the young people will come in safe space for them but we'll also try and link up various professional services whether that be Welshpool community police team who we've had some good conversation with whether that be Pont Havren whether that be another professional service so over the course of however long we're not going to do that every week but over the course of however long introduce those young people to professional services that are in the town and available to them. Sounds amazing. Yeah it's, it's super early but I think Yeah, I just think the impact that it can have. As an example, we went out with a press release less than a week ago and three people have already come forward before we've even engaged in any activity and asked where they can get some support. If it makes a difference to one person, then it was worth doing. It's hopefully already made a difference to three and we haven't even started. So I just think there's huge value in it. And we're all about rugby and we want our rugby teams and our rugby community to thrive. But I think that's really important. We always talk about rugby family. And that has to be more than just playing a game of rugby. For a family, then we're genuinely there to support each other. And if we can't offer all the support that people need, then I think it's kind of our duty to create those partnerships and connections so that we can help get them the support that they need. So You can talk to people at rugby clubs, but like you say, if, if those people don't know what to do next, then it kind of... It's the end of the road, isn't it? Whereas what you're doing now is actually create real links. Yeah, and I think it goes back to that old thing of the rugby club being the heart of the community. If it is the heart of the community, then it needs to offer more than rugby. And as chairman, I still got huge ambition for Welshpool first team to be the best team they can be and for Welshpool ladies team to be back up and running and be the best they can be and to have loads of kids playing rugby every weekend. That's our number one priority at all times. I think this is a brilliant additional service that's going to support them in other ways and hopefully engage more people in the community that we wouldn't touch through rugby. The return to rugby, are all your teams back up training now? Yeah, everyone's back up and running. And uh, to be honest, numbers are up across the board, I'd say. In the majority of age groups and, and genders, yeah, we've seen more of our women's team come back than we had before the lockdown men's rugby's coming back fairly strong there are still people that are you know not yet quite fully back but we know that they intend to be when when it's right for them 
our minis rugby, which we've struggled in recent years as a club with mini and junior rugby. And our minis are coming back in more numbers than ever. So it's really positive. Yeah, it's really good. When did you say these um, initiatives are starting? Walking rugby and... So walking rugby starts next Thursday, the 20th. The drop-in and the youth centre, are the provisions ready to go. We're just waiting for restrictions to be lifted so we can utilise the facilities. But they're ready to go. Yeah, that's positive. We'll roll those out at the moment that we're available to. Would you say the lockdown has given you the chance to focus on this a bit more than you would normally? Yeah, I think it's just allowed us to step away from the day-to-day doing of rugby. I think we, like, I'm sure lots of committees get like this. We're all volunteers and we just do what it takes to keep the club running. And this has allowed us to think about not only how does the club run day-to-day and provide rugby, but actually what else can we do? And whilst probably setting it up has been quite labour intensive I think the fact that we're creating these partnerships means that it's not another service put on an already stretched group of volunteers but actually it's a really well supported service because that's the worry isn't it is that we're just adding more stuff but without more people to deliver it so we've been really careful not to do that we've all got enough voluntary jobs on already listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Some great initiatives going on there. Of course, back on the playing field, the next generation of Wales players are learning their trade. Well, all over the place, really. After making a scarlet's debut, former Wales under-20s lock Jack Price was loaned out to Nottingham in the English Championship for the next stage of his development. He spoke to Graham Gillespie. You're obviously a commanding Queen's boy. Um, has it always been your ambition to play for the Scarlets? Uh, yeah, obviously supporting them, family support them, growing up supporting them, going down to watch and stuff. It's always been a dream since I was younger, you know, dream and, come true, really. Yeah. So what was it like to finally uh, reach your goal, really? Uh, was it last November against Edinburgh? Uh, yeah, just class, really. You know, like, obviously going down and watching when you were younger and then actually having the chance to play for the club. Yeah, it's a massive honour. I think everything was going according to play because you got your first game, then two, well, two or three on the bounce, but then injury intervened. How big a setback was that? And obviously we had a bit of a COVID outbreak. So then I was knocked back two weeks. No, I just enjoyed the experience whenever, well, hopefully I get another shot and I'll have to take it. You're uh, alongside, say, Morgan Jones, another guy like yourself who's come through the grades with the Scarlets and Wales under-20s. I mean, has it been good for you that both of you and, and, and Jack Morgan, for that case, are sort of on a similar journey? You know, you, you're coming through the ranks at the same time. And, you know, has that helped you, do you think? Yeah, I obviously start the season. Me and Morgan, like, every week we do the opposition line-outs to run against the team and stuff. And then all of a sudden we were both started, like, playing together for the actual team. And then, obviously, he's kicked on and Jack Morgan has. And it's uh, nice to see boys show, like, from the 20s age going on and doing very well. So uh, like Morgan in particular, he's obviously in the same position as you. Do you look at him with a bit of envy or is it somewhat, you know, are you pleased for his progress? Yeah, chuffed for his progress. You know, like we both get on well and like help each other out. Say if I do something wrong, he tell me. No, yeah, it's good. Chuffed for him. So would you say being second rows, uh, are you and Morgan are similar or are you different? Or And if you are different, do you think those attributes work well as a combination? 
I think he's taller than me. <laughs> just a, just about. Just. But, uh, he's also fatter than me, yeah. But yeah. no. <laughs> he was rather proud of the fact that he was allegedly the tallest uh, person in the in the World Cup back in Argentina at six foot seven. Yeah, he's uh, just a little. I'll give him that. Yeah, he is a bit taller than me. I'm about six six, I think six six and a half. Oh, I knew you get that half inch there. Somewhere. Half, half, half on a good day, yeah, on yeah, a good yeah. day. You mentioned, you know, you're quite tight knit. Are all the boys quite tight knit like that? Because at the Scarlets, there's quite a few young boys like yourself coming through. There's also like Tom Rogers, Ryan Combeer. I mean, is that a a culture? Do you think that's you know doing really well at the moment? We're all good mates. Like obviously playing age grade and stuff together, and then we all sort of made the step up within the year. Like all of us came up, really. We've all like kicked on together, really. Is that something that the management are trying to bring in? You know, giving youth a chance, if you like. Yeah, obviously they've given a few boys chances, and I think all the boys have taken them. You know, boys have really kicked on, like you said, Jack Morgan, Morgan Jones, Tom Rogers, just come back from injury and played very well. So I think just as long as the boys keep taking their chances, it'll be good. So if we can go back a bit, like. After was it 2019 when you and Morgan and Jack Morgan, for that matter, bet the All Blacks at uh, Junior World Cup? Not many players do that. So you obviously finished that tournament quite well, and then you went into the next season at the Scarlets. What were your aims and ambitions? Sort of leaving age grade rugby, if you like, going into your full first season as senior rugby. I think obviously it's the first season, so you just try and at the time. Well, still now there's Jake Ball, Sam Lousey. Louis Rollins, like there's a lot of boys with a lot of appearances, the Scarlets and international honours. So you just try and learn off them, really, like just little things around set piece and around the park where you can have like one or two tips from them a week and like just try and build your own game then. So uh, obviously you mentioned COVID earlier. I mean, how big a blow was that? I mean, here you are, a young guy trying to make your mark at the senior level and there's no rugby. I mean, how do you keep your spirits up? What were you doing? Yeah, found it um, pretty hard at the start, just training, you know, and obviously there was no games. So we were just training all week. And like normally when you train, you got like a game to look forward to, something to aim for. But our plan all week really was just to prep the team and get them ready for the game. Obviously, I had a couple of games and that was really nice to get, obviously, I think it was blowing. My lungs didn't really like it, but no, it was nice to have a couple of games. Yeah, I think it was at September that you played against the Ospreys. That was your first game for the Scarlets, wasn't it? Yeah, a yeah. type of game. Came off the bench against Edinburgh. And I think I was only on for about 15 minutes. I was running around it like I was, my lungs were all over the place. Started against Zebra the week after, and then That's I uh, got knocked out after, like just after half time. I didn't actually have a full game. Then I was on the bench against Ulster after my two weeks out from a concussion. But then Sam Lousey, his neck, when we were out there, was playing up. So he pulled out and I was chucked in to start and then played a full 80. What was that like? Oh, it was obviously went out there on the bench, like going through the walkthroughs and stuff. And then uh, Rich Kelly pulls me over and says, oh, Sammy's next, not 100%. And they're going to make a call in the next 15, so be prepared. And then obviously you're on edge then, worrying. Yeah. And then, yeah, 
game went well. How big a blow was it to them? Well, you picked up an in- ankle injury, didn't you? Yeah, it was a couple of weeks after not ankle injury. Obviously, I had my ankle injury in the Six Nations. And then I'd done my other ankle then a few weeks after my couple of games. It was quite a bit of big of a blow, you know, like starting out a couple of games and then knocks you back again. But that's rugby at the end of the day. You, know? you got another 15 to... years ahead of you, sir. Yeah, there's no rush. <laughs> so um, at the beginning of uh, March, you joined uh, your Scarlet's colleagues, uh, Sean Evans and Harry O'Connor, on a move to Nottingham playing the yeah. East Championship. How did you view that move? looking forward to playing some regular rugby it's a really good standard there's a lot of good players there and has it helped also that you've got a couple of Scarlet's colleagues as well good to obviously moving into a new place and new people and stuff it's nice to have the boys there to meet them as well but now they've been good it sounds like the boys have been playing well but the results the score the final scoreline just hasn't gone your way has it yeah I think there was a lot of new faces for the first game and it's Obviously, week by week, we've been getting better and better. So you've been happy with your own form? Been good. Been nice to get a couple of minutes under the belt. There's a massive difference between match fitness and normal fitness. Not that I'm fit anyway, but <laughs> yeah, it's nice to get some rugby in, to be honest. Are you enjoying the experience? Yeah, it's good. It's a nice city. Very confusing driving around. We've been on a couple of walks and gone for a coffee and stuff. The boys up there are really good as well. So finally, um, what do you hope to get out of the remaining of the season with Nottingham? Just to get as many games as I can. You know, get, obviously, like I said, game time. Game fitness is much different to normal fitness. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a massive difference. But just try and got up to speed now and just try and kick on, really. If I get a chance with Scarlet, so try and take it. But then if I stay up with... Nottingham, just keep taking week by week wherever I play. Viewing the move as as a positive view, because like some people are, you know, when they go to a club on loan, you know, they feel like they're being sort of released by their club, but it can be a positive as well, can't it? No, yeah, I'm chuffed, you know, to get game time and stuff. Yeah. They would have like chuffed for me to go up to get some game time. I look forward to seeing the benefits of that loan spell. So that's it for this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Of course, normally the rugby season would be drawing to a close around now, but in these different times, there's still plenty going on. So until next week, goodbye and stay safe.